Welcome to this week's edition of Sullivan and Sons Sports Podcast. I'm Seamus Sullivan. And I'm Mark Sullivan. So we have a new biggest cheater in Boston sports. It's no longer Tom Brady with Deflate Gate. It's the Boston Red Sox. Boston Red Sox. <clears throat> and uh, they're using uh, what in our reading and research and a little bit of my history is not actually that new of a way of cheating. It's uh, picking up the catcher's signs that he's relaying to the pitcher to tell him what pitch to throw, decoding in them, and then when a runner is on second base, able to to read those signs and tip off the pitcher as to the type of pitch that's coming. The batter. Tip oh, excuse me, the batter. <laughs> tip off the batter to the type of uh, pitch that's coming in. And again, it's a ancient art as we've been reading a little bit this week. I don't know if you want to add anything to the cheating piece of it. Well, I know that we didn't record last week, and it was a totally different tune from you. You had sent me... Uh, about four articles how the how the Red Sox are cheating. You're like, oh, they're they're such bad people, and you you've changed your opinion a little bit. I, I have mo- moderated my p- position because of the fact that I found out that it's been much more uh, of a historical thing going on. Now, what the Red Sox were doing was again using a little bit more advanced method than is allowed in baseball because <laughs> picking up the signs and and figuring out what the signs are is is allowed. Uh, is not against the rules unless you're using, I think, the two things that they say are binoculars and uh, electronic tools. Like a like broadcast. Like a broadcast tool, the, yeah. yeah. And yeah. with instant replay now being a part of baseball, what the Red Sox were doing was they were studying the video replay from the center field camera to figure out the pattern that the Yankees catcher was using and... So after they had decoded it in their video room, they would then send the decoded information to a person on the Boston Red Sox staff who had an Apple Watch, <laughs> and then he would pass on the signals to the players in the dugout so that when, when someone was on second, they could pick it up and then let the batter know what was going on. Yeah, th- that was what it was for me, was the 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 fact that, I mean... I don't know if the Apple Watch being the relay tool really bothers me that much, but having a guy sit there and watch the TV, you know, watch replays, I think that's definitely the part that's over the line, I think, for many people, too. Because if a guy, you know, is good at it and he can stand on second base or he can stand, you know, wherever, if he's a, the bullpen coach or something and watch the signs and figure out what's going on, I think that's that's part of the game. And like we've seen, it's been a part of the game since it started almost but it is a little unfair to be using uh, any sort of electronics to go back, watch it, and study it, and break it down. <laughs> right. And I, and I think it's it's fascinating, again, I, because, uh, number one, it has been a part of the game for so long, and teams have used other uh, nefarious means of picking off the signs <laughs> from, uh, I guess, in the 2006 World Series between the Phillies and the Yankees, the... <laughs> Uh, the Yankees uh, accused the Philadelphia Phillies of having a uh, coach in the bullpen who was uh, using binoculars to, to read the signs, and, and they denied it, but saying that they were just using it to position their catcher. Unfortunately, 
they were batting when he was watching, so <laughs> hard to hard to use that excuse. I, I got confused who our catcher was. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and, I, and I, I guess the White Sox had one of the better sign stealers, legitimate sign stealers in baseball back in the 80s and 90s. But they also, uh, I guess in the 80s, used a refrigerator light bulb to show signs to the uh, batter. Um, by watching the broadcast in the uh, manager's office uh, from the center field camera again, and when they decoded it, they'd flip a light bulb, a 25 watt light bulb, on the on the on the, the scoreboard, and it would indicate either a fastball or an off speed pitch to help out the White Sox hitters. So, after reading a lot more of the history and even the fact that a lot of teams, including my my preferred team, the Chicago White Sox have used these uh, methods, and even some that borderline on really not following the rules at all, uh, I, I I didn't feel so much uh, in, indignity against the uh, Boston Red Sox. The best part of this story is that it, it was happening against the Yankees. I don't think there's any better team that could have been complaining about it that they're, they're, like, they're like brothers. They both have won a lot. They, they have winning mentality. They're both big metropolises on the East Coast, and they just—they're really big rivals. And I just—I think it's hilarious because I think a few years ago the the Red Sox were accusing the Yankees of cheating against them, uh, stealing signs. So it's yeah, they go back and forth, and <laughs> and it, it appears that every team at some point has been accused of using some underhanded method of stealing the signs. Again, we we read about how. Uh, the White Sox had become very good at doing it in the 90s, so much that Tom Kelly, when he was managing the Twins, actually had two guys standing next to him to block the view <laughs> of the visitor bullpen so that only the batter and the third base coach could see him because he was afraid that the White Sox were picking up on it and using those signs against him. And I think we'll uh, we'll continue in baseball with Giancarlo Stanton. He had an amazing August, been performing pretty well so far in September. And I thought it was really interesting was that, uh, so his historic August, the these guys at 538, they're breaking down the numbers, and they said it was um, mostly luck. Uh, when, when they say luck, they mean that his, nothing changed. His strikeout percentage stayed the same. His walk rate stayed the same. His uh, exit velocity off the, the ball leaving the bat stayed the same. His... Uh, uh, what is that angle the angle yeah the exit angle exit angle was the same everything was the same but his fly ball rate uh from went up from 27 percent of his fly balls or home runs to 30 percent they basically concluded that a gust of wind here or there or an unusually warm night helped him have this historic august which was pretty cool because the author concludes that he must be fantastic if he can have a babe ruth Barry Bonds like August and all he needed was an extra breeze here and there. He's an incredibly strong player and and here we are on September 14th and he stands at 54 home runs still leading the the both the American and National League in home runs so he needs 7 to tie Roger Maris's rec or threshold of 61. Does it say how many games the uh, Marlins have left? I don't know. I have, did not look that up. We could take a look at that uh but I think there's what a little over two weeks left in the season, so still a a opportunity for him to do it. I still think it becomes a little bit, unless he has another good hot streak, it it becomes a little bit tougher for him. 
Well, I hope he does it. The the interesting part too I found was that the five thirty eight guys went and looked at where pitchers were throwing against him because they figured pitchers should start to adjust their approach to this guy who's hitting home runs in basically every game. And why are you still throwing balls at uh, that he can hit? And they did. They were throw. They were trying to throw away from him. Problem was he backed off those, so he'd see more two two and zero oh counts, two and one counts, and then get something to hit, and then go ahead and hit that one. So it was interesting. His his first strike rate dropped, and they were throwing more pitches out of the zone. And even the pitches they did throw out of the zone, he didn't care. He still hit them for home runs. It was it was incredible how how good August he had. So they've played 146 games. There's uh, 162 games in the season. So if my math is right, they got 16 more games. Sounds right to me. That that seems totally possible to tie it. Yeah. So I'm um, trying to remember. We do say 50. How many home runs did I say? Yeah. You said 54. So seven to tie, eight to take. Well. Yeah. So one home run every two, two games, or you know, one home run every. Every nine, other game, nine, eight or nine at bats. Mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah, yep. uh, to take probably over still the... needs to be a pretty good pace to to break it, but right, very very possible. So we're rooting them on. Yep the uh, the legit record, quote unquote. Exactly. As some, as some would have it. Yes, <laughs> I agree completely. So and again, there's a couple of interesting uh, streaks that have occurred uh, this month in the in the game of baseball and the. One of them has been broken, which was the, for a long time, everyone was thinking the Los Angeles Dodgers would go on to have the best record in baseball, historically speaking, of any team ever. And they promptly blew that by losing, uh, I forget how many games in a row they lost. It was at least 11. I think they broke it. I think they beat the, the Giants, who are not very good. I think they beat them just today, today or yesterday, to snap it at 11. You checking was to it, see if I'm correct? Oh, no, I'm just trying to see. Yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to see how long that losing streak was at. It was a long time. <clears throat> yeah, let's see. They lost 16 out of 17 games, and they had lost. That is horrible. Yeah, I mean, of teams that have won the World Series, they none of them have had that type of losing streak that the Dodgers had faced. Yeah, especially towards the end of the season, that's a bad way to go into the. Uh, into the postseason. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this. It says 11-game losing streak broken today against San Francisco Giants, who were not a good team anyway, so hopefully you'd beat them. Well, anyways, uh, the, on the other side of it, on the positive side, which is making baseball uh, much more interesting, even as we approach playoff time, is the Cleveland Indians, who are on a on an incredible win streak 21 wins they just tied it in the bottom of the ninth about 10 minutes ago right to keep the 22nd straight win alive which is that's the most of any team isn't it it's the most in the american league uh ever because the Moneyball team of 2002 oakland a's they had 20 straight victories to set the american league record i'm not sure what the national league record is okay so anyways it's uh Hey, uh, Cleveland lost the World Series in Game Seven last year to the being up three to one to the Chicago Cubs, and th- now I think they have the longest streak. Other, yeah, I think they have the longest streak. I know there's been teams that have come into the league after them, but the longest streak without a 
World Series victory. They look like a very formidable team this year, and and certainly this streak has been amazing. I saw this. It was it was pretty funny. This guy, he he lucked out. He offered, he does siding, uh, I think roofing as well, and like windows. I think his specialty is windows uh, in the Cleveland area, and he offered anybody in. He offered whoever gets work done in July, they'll get it done for free with if the Indians go on a, I think he set it at 15. If they want on a 15 game win streak in August, between August and August 1st and the end of the season. Wow. So one guy did $35,000 worth of work on his house and just got it for free. Oh my goodness. The guy was, they interviewed him and he said he, he only paid $75,000 for the insurance. And the insurance company is going to have to pay out $1.2 million. Oh, my goodness. So he, well, kudos to him. He was a wise was a smart, businessman. Yeah. yeah. He spent seventy five grand to make $1.2 million by those numbers. Right. And not only that, but he's gotten probably significantly more free advertising out of the deal oh, as yeah, well. Yeah. But I think he was just smart to have the insurance. I think that was a wise decision right, on his part. Yeah. Uh, so I, as we were talking, I looked it up, the the... The major league record is 26 straight wins by the New York Giants in 1916. So they would have to sweep the Kansas City Royals and then take two games from the Los Angeles Angels in order to break that record. That's totally possible. Yeah. Well, as long as they as long as they they complete it tonight. I know I have been waiting all summer. We've talked about it a few times over the summer. And we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week because we didn't record. The start of the football season <laughs> is finally here. It's finally here. We're back. And I, I thought it was great. I, I had a great time watching all the games, watching the Bears game, watching that uh, the Thursday night game as the official welcoming in. It was awesome. Well, the only teams we missed were the ones affected by Hurricane Irma. We didn't get to see the Buccaneers or the uh the Miami Dolphins play with the the J- Jay Cutler at the helm. Can't wait to see his debut this week. <laughs> yeah, well, and I was only kind of half paying attention to the uh, the kickoff game between the Patriots and the Chiefs because honestly, I did not expect it to be a, a close game. I did not expect the, the close Patri- game. You thought the Patriots were going to win? Exactly. Right? <laughs> I didn't expect the to be a close game. I didn't expect it to be a the Chiefs to really have much impact on it. You just kind of get used to Bill Belichick getting his way with most games. And it was their worst. They gave up more yards and more points than any New England Patriots team that he has coached. Gave up 42 points to the Chiefs. Just going from memory, I think it was last year or was it two years ago when I think it was the the last game that he gave up that many points was against the Chiefs. Right. Brady had that horrible game, and they gave up like 40 points, and he got benched. I think that was the most points they gave. It's the same team. They're yeah, kryptonite. It, it, well, and, and it sounded like Andy Reid and his staff took a page from the Atlanta Falcons watching the Super Bowl. Even though the Falcons didn't win the Super Bowl, they they had a very effective offensive game plan against the Patriots, and they they actually ran it to perfection against them on this opening game. So. It was funny. I was watching the so throughout this week, you know, watching games and such. And the Jets had a one thousand to one betting odds to win the Super Bowl this year. 
And it was it was funny because I had just the Jets, the Jets, New York Jets. I had seen that Golden State had won two one thousand odds to make the playoffs, meaning you'd have to bet. I think if that that's how it works, a thousand dollars to win one dollar. Oh my goodness! And, and it's just to win, or it's just to make the playoffs. It's not to win the finals. I think right. I think they're like four to one or something like that. But one to one, you have to risk a thousand dollars to make one dollar. Yeah, you got to be a fool to take that bet. <laughs> Worse than the Mayweather odds, <laughs> the Mayweather McGregor odds. So, and then interesting on top of that is the New York Jets and Atlanta Falcons in 2016. They started with the same Super Bowl odds at the wow. beginning of the season. Wow. Yeah, I think that you start to see things unfold. Uh, you see players come on the scene, um, and you see teams come on the scene that you didn't predict. I actually didn't watch enough to uh, to see much. I mean, I did watch the uh, the Vikings also play the New Orleans Saints on on Monday night, and I must say that the the Vikings looked very good. I, I don't know if that's a telltale sign of them or how poor the Saints are. Uh, I don't think the Saints have improved much in the off season. I think um, it's a little of both. Yeah. I think you're right. Bradford looked really good. And, um, so we just hope that, um, they all come down with a bad case of the flu and <laughs> start losing. Right. Yes, exactly. Did you watch any of the Browns Steelers game? I know you did. We like to watch red zone, which shows all of that, or sometimes we'll flip between games, but I, I was surprised cause I saw Joe Hayden was playing and the last I've known him as a Brown, he was playing for the Steelers and I saw this funny tweet. Somebody said, Joe Hayden's on the Brown, or on the Steelers now, coming from the Browns. That's like upgrading from riding the bus to driving a Ferrari. <laughs> and I'm like, that's pretty true. <laughs> well, and, and the the Browns did not win. <laughs> no, they, they came close. They put up a way better effort than they usually do. Another Another funny stat I saw was Ben Roethlisberger, has more wins in Cleveland than any Cleveland QB has since 1999. So any QB that started for them since 1999 has less wins in Cleveland, where they play half their games, than Ben Roethlisberger, who oh plays one goodness. game a year there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's just, I, I love football. You see the craziest stats. It's just hilarious, especially with the Browns being so bad. They, they produce some really comical comical moments. Anything else you want to add to that? Well, I, I saw, I got to watch a little bit of the Detroit-Arizona game, and unfortunately to all of David Johnson's fantasy owners, a lot of people drafted him first overall. He's going to be out for a couple months at least. And it was, it was a really good game, kind of a, a shootout. Uh, Detroit ended up winning. And I was a little worried because I saw that Matt Stafford became the highest paid player in the history of the NFL ever. Quarterback, defensive player, didn't matter. And it was funny because he has less playoff wins than Tim Tebow, and he's now the highest paid guy. <laughs> well, his his uh, regular season statistics and longevity is better, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe he can go play baseball when he's done. And one last thing that I want to end on uh, that I thought was really funny is I like to I, I follow college football a little bit, not a ton. I like what they're doing with the the college football playoff, taking the top four ranked teams and doing like a little single elimination tournament. It's, I think it's a lot more interesting than the old BCS system that nobody could figure out how teams are getting ranked, and then it's just one national championship game. But as many people know, Tim Tebow is a broadcaster. Uh, I think he's with 
ESPN on the SEC network or something. Yep, I don't that know. sounds right. Yeah, and uh, so a lot of times what ESPN will do is they have best signs from game day little article, and, you know, a lot of times it, it's just weird things that college kids write, like, uh, you know, I can't remember any off the top. Oh, there was one funny one. There was an older guy there and said, I spent my college, my, my kids college fund on these Ohio state, Oklahoma Sooners, uh, football football tickets. So their kids aren't going to college, but he got to see the football game at least. But the one that I thought was really funny is Tim Tebow is sitting there giving his analysis and somebody raises up a sign that says Tim Tebow batted 226 in single a, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's right behind him in the shot. <laughs> and they didn't switch cameras or anything. It was there for like a solid 10 seconds. Oh. Tim, I, I don't even remember what he said. I can't remember what his Well, he probably didn't was. know that it was going on though, right? No, no, yeah, it's yeah. behind him in yeah. the background, but no, no mercy on Tim Tebow. <laughs> I well, he's, like, is he, he's still playing though, right? Yeah, he, he played for the Columbia Fire. It was just that their seasons ended because the minor leagues yeah, end before the major leagues. They're, yeah, they're done. And so he had played for the Columbia Fireflies and then the St. Lucie Mets. I think they're both just single A. And so his final stat line was 226 batting average, eight homers, and like 26 RBIs or something. I don't know about that last one, but I know the the, the batting average and the homers because every time he hit a home run, it was on the front page of every sports website with a little video to watch. So do you think the Mets are keeping him in their farm system because he has a little bit legitimate um, opportunity to be a major league player or because he sells tickets. I don't know about major league. I think at a minor league level, he's competing enough to, to warrant a minor league at, at his age, they probably wouldn't, but he sells tickets. And uh, this one firm did an estimate on, you know, merchandise seats, parking, you know, they tried to estimate. He brought in one point two million dollars. They estimate into to single. He's had the biggest I guess impact. That's on, worth keeping him there. I mean, for paying a guy ten grand to to make you one point two million, and exactly, and people love him. He's you know, and he still shows up on on tons of. I mean, he shows up on ESPN, and he's a minor league baseball player. Yeah, so it, it's really cool to watch. I mean, I don't really think he has a shot at ever playing in the major leagues unless it was. Um, some sort of publicity stunt, which I hope they wouldn't do, but uh, you know, who, who knows? But it, it was interesting to see that a guy, uh, th- they said nobody's had this impact since Michael Jordan played minor league, baseball. he played at double a at least though. Uh, right. And I think Michael <laughs> Jordan actually had probably not as, I mean, after a while he like when he first hit his first home run in the minor leagues, there was no, there was no, uh, film crews there. It, it was recorded with like someone's home. And this was before cell phone That's cameras. In, and it, what, 1995? Is that? Yeah, they or? were using their home video camera to record it. That's how it was recorded. So ESPN wasn't there. There was no broadcast networks there. He had kind of fallen off of the, off of the, you know, he was just playing baseball. But mm. Tim Tebow continues for, you know, for many well, reasons to have same, an appeal. The same thing. I don't think anybody's broadcasting these games or any professional film crews because all the clips I've seen just look like a fan in the, in the stands. But I think literally everybody at the game is, re- they get so many good angles, high quality. I mean, cell phones have pretty good ca- cameras now, but literally whenever Tim Tebow's on the field, people are recording it. So they, they get like four different angles. And I think it's all from people just tweeting the video footage huh. at them or huh. submitting on Facebook. I don't know how they get it from the fans, but it's always a fan 
because it's, oh, they're probably willing to give it. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they get a kickback, like a hundred bucks or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's uh, we will wrap up this week. Really happy that football's back. I'm, you don't want to talk about the Cleveland Indians win streak or uh, anything did we, like. Did that. we forget to? No, we mentioned it. No, just, yeah, we got it. I'm just saying that we, we've talked. We actually talked quite a bit about baseball this. We uh, did. This, we did this there, broadcast. Honestly, there wasn't a whole lot of. I mean, football started and teams played, won and lost. There wasn't anything too crazy that happened. No. So. Not a whole lot. I, I think the only thing that's weird is the Cleveland win streak. I think it's their best. I think this is their best team since, uh, what's his name? Uh, the late 1990s? Uh, Charlie Sheen. I think this is the best <laughs> team since Charlie Sheen played. <laughs> if you don't get that reference, it's to a movie. I don't even know what it's called. I think it's called Major League. Is it called Major yeah. League? Don't and, watch it. It's a bad movie. <laughs> Lots of inappropriate things in it. You should. I, I haven't actually seen it. I just saw a picture one day of Charlie Sheen in an Indian. I'm like, did he play baseball? No. And uh, yeah, I found out he starred in a movie about the Cleveland Indians. Usually they make up a team, don't they? <laughs> well, we, we can talk about their uh, teams from the late 90s that never won a World Series, but went right. there a number of times that were very good. No, that's okay. And, uh, I just like Charlie Sheen's okay. team. <laughs> he, he had... He had the better win streak, I think, in my opinion. But I think uh, unless you have anything to add, well, that's where we'll, we'll end this week. All right. Good night. <laughs>